I just really have had in my heart a number of things, uh, some people I'm ministering to, some things I'm thinking about and reading and then praying and really wanting to get, Lord, what do you want for us tonight? And uh, I really just have one word. Now, I'm not just going to say one word and sit down. You know me better, okay? But really one word that we're going to focus on tonight, and it is this, grow, grow. And by grow, I'm talking about you grow, you grow, spiritual growth. You say, we've, I think we've talked about that off and on. Yeah, and we will forever, okay? We will forever because of, of the importance of this. Let's look at a couple of verses, and we're going to dive into some things tonight. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, and this is from the New International Version. It says, like newborn babes or babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may, you may grow up in your salvation. Then in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But grow, everybody say it, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. And the church said, Amen. 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 But notice that grow in the grace and knowledge. The other said grow up in your salvation. Uh, it, is, it is expected. We are designed to grow. This word grow means to mature to increase, to improve. And we are designed, we are expected to grow, to increase, to improve. And I'm specifically talking about you, okay, and me as individuals. And uh, something is wrong when we don't grow. Something is wrong when we don't grow. And let me say this to you, don't you look at me for this. And something will go wrong. When you don't grow. I hope you heard that. Something is wrong when we don't grow. And something will go wrong if you don't grow. And let me just back on on this that we're expected to grow. Uh, I have a new grandbaby, Cora. Have I mentioned her? Okay. And uh, she is beautiful. I think I mentioned that. And she smells incredible. Did Did I mention that one? Okay. Well... Here's the main thing, though. She loves her peepaw. All right, let's close in prayer. That's about all I got tonight. No. Um, she went to the doctor, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, for her two-month checkup. And she has literally doubled in weight since birth. We're rejoicing about that. Now, we hope she doesn't do that her whole life, you know, like... <laughs> You know, that, that could be an issue, but you know, that's a good sign that she's growing. And, and, uh, you know, I, I told Katie, I said, whatever you're doing is working girl, you know, cause she's, um, you know, just healthy and smiling and all, all these things is just a beautiful thing. Well, you know what? Um, it's a painful thing though. And I, and you know, I know of people that their kids were failing to thrive, their children failing to thrive, they call it. And something's wrong then, and you've got to find out what's wrong, and you've got to help that. And we as believers, we should grow, we should thrive, we should flourish. How many of you have a green thumb? Y'all should get that checked. You know? No. <laughs> um, I don't, and Alicia does not, and we have tried. We have tried, and sometimes somebody for some special occasion or something will send us a, a plant, and we don't know why. It just dies, you know? It just dies. 
And there's probably other people that could walk in and go, it's because you didn't water it or, you know, you left it in the dark or you left it too much in the light or or whatever it would be. And that's the thing. It's designed to grow. You, say me. Me. You're designed to grow. You're, You're designed to increase, to improve, to mature. And in our Christian walk, this has to happen. I'm going to say it again. Something is wrong. Something is wrong if you're not growing spiritually. And we're going to talk about it tonight. And something, I'll go ahead and tell you this too. Something will go wrong if you don't keep growing spiritually. Let me just say this too. And I say this with a little bit of urgency and and sternness in it too. You need to be careful also that you may be at a certain level of growth and maturity in your spiritual walk. And you stop doing what it takes to get to that place, things will go wrong. You know? And I can spend a lot of time on that, but let that, let that serve well for, for all of us tonight. Um, I've used the same corny uh, illustration before for this, but it just, to me, is best. I started playing trumpet in sixth grade. And um, my mom bought me... Uh, this little book and a cassette. How many of you know what a cassette is? Okay. And uh, I had a cassette player. Remember those? Remember they weren't small? You know, so it's like this and put my tape in there and it was an orchestra. And then the little book had the song. And on one side of the tape, you could play the song and there would be somebody playing you know, whatever instrument you played, and I played trumpet. So it had a trumpet player, studio trumpet player, play it with the orchestra so you could hear it and learn it and play it along. And then, to amaze your friends and family, you could flip the tape over and the trumpet player wasn't on there. It was just you. You don't know how many times I've played this in my room. Okay? So I'm in sixth grade. I'm a budding trumpet player. And the song was Windy. Everyone knows it's windy. And so the orchestra would come in and there was time for me to come in and I would play. If you know it, sing along. You know, and it goes on. And uh, my mom would hear it and she'd, I'd finish playing. She'd, oh, that was wonderful. Well, she's supposed to. She's a mom. Okay. And then my grandmother would come over. You have to play it for grandma. So I'd play it for grandma. And so I did that, and that's sixth grade. Okay. Uh, Years later, I auditioned at Florida State. And how many of you know that I did not go in to that audition and go, for my audition, I'd like to play for you, Wendy. (laughs) And if I had, and if I was still going, I mean, you know, something would be wrong. And then if they said, and then, and you've been playing how long? Okay. Now you're with me. Some people, not a Wednesday night crew, but some people, the only verse they know is Jesus wept. Or part of the 23rd Psalm or part of John 316 or whatever. And it's not all about scripture memorization, but you should know your stuff. Are, are y'all with me? You know, if you become a master chef, you don't have to look at the book for everything. You know, sometimes you go through the drive-in, which I really don't recommend drive-in for just about anything. But 
Sometimes you can look on the walls and there'll be pictures back there of how to build a sandwich. You know, and they're showing, you know, here's all the steps and everything. And you can see that. Well, after a while, if, if you grow, you can just do it. Y'all with me? And if God, let me back up. How many of you want, want God to use you? I mean, even you might be a little bit afraid of that tonight. But how many of you would really, I want God to use me. How many of you, God used somebody to reach you for him? Well, it should be every hand. <laughs> I mean, I doubt you had some holy moment all by yourself. Never, never met another person. Just spiritually inclined, that's all. No. Um, I, my prayer is that all of us would really, you, you just don't know the joy of being able to bring somebody across the line of faith. Oh, my goodness. You should make it a daily prayer of yours. God, help me. Why don't you make it a goal between now, we're, we're what are we, early July? Between now and Christmas, ask God to use you to make a, a good connection with somebody. Maybe somebody you know or somebody you're going to come to know. And that you, God would be able to use you to bring him across the line of faith and into the family of God. Amen. Would you do that? Would you, four of you, would, would you do that? <laughs> hey, and listen, you might be terrified by that right now. But, I, but I'm going to tell you, I, I was talking to somebody before service about zipline. She ziplined. And let me just put it this way, and I'm going to be real, real polite about this. She's a little older than me. She actually could be my mother. Um, and she had this thrilled look on her face. She ziplined. Well, some people half my age will go, I never want to, uh, you know, and you might be terrified to do it, but I'm going to tell you, once you get out there and you're going, you're like, yeah! it's like, they can't make a line long enough for you. Y'all with me? And you might be a little terrified about some things now, but before we leave tonight, help me remember, somebody help me remember, we're going to pray tonight. We're going to commit ourselves tonight. God, put somebody in my path, use me before Christmas time to help bring somebody into the family of God. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? All right. But see, we, we want God to use us, but this would be like a guy who, who got picked for a team, but he never comes to practice. Or if he does come to practice, he just doesn't bring all his stuff or he doesn't dress out right and his helmet's on backwards. And all right, go home and work on this and make sure you're staying in shape. And, do, and you never do that. And you never learn the plays and, and never learn the rules and all of that. And then, you know what? Coach can't put you in. He may really like you personally, but he can't put you in the game. And so it's, it's for our well-being, you know, that you grow because the blessing of God comes with that. But it's also so that God can use you. It's a win-win all the way around. Amen? All right. Uh, spiritual growth... And we've hit on this numerous times. And let me just go ahead and put this up here tonight. We all want to grow. We're all supposed to grow. Now, spiritual growth is made up of two things. We've talked about this. Let's see if anybody remembers the first part of this. Anybody know what does it take to grow spiritually? Does anybody remember? Okay, this must be all new people here, here tonight. You've got to do what the Bible says to do. You got to do what the Bible says to do. Everybody say, do what the Bible says to do. Okay. And then there's a three-letter word, and I always make it all caps, and that word is what? 
And is this coming back to anybody tonight? Okay. You got to do what the Bible says to do. And anybody remember the next part? Walk with God. Walk with God. Walk. Everybody say it. Walk with. Walk with God. So if you and I are going to grow spiritually, we have to um, get Jesus bumper stickers. All right, now we can close in prayer. Now, what is it going to take to grow spiritually? All right, let's do it all together here. Do what the Bible says and walk with God. Let's do it one more time, and I want you to lay on the and, okay? All right, ready? Do what the Bible says and walk with God. Now, the reason I emphasize and, and I didn't plan on spending this much time on this part of this tonight, because I know some people who do what the Bible says to do, but they don't walk with God. And they're so rigid and self-righteous. It's pharisaical. It's unattractive. It's repelling. I know some other folks that, walk with God. I just got to tell you, they're spooky. Okay. They don't do what the Bible says. They just, I'm just walking with God and they're spooky. And I think they're bad advertisement. Okay. And I think there's a holy balance that comes when we do what the Bible says to do and walk with God. And I'm going to tell you what will happen. I'm going to tell you what will happen. You'll grow. You'll grow. What do you think a prerequisite of doing what the Bible says to do would be? Probably know what it says to do. Okay. And then walk with God. Now, let me move on, on from that. And I want to go into, uh, just the importance of this, that as a believer, we must grow. There are three things, and these are kind of, uh, theological words. Okay. But you, you need to know them. We hit these every now and then. First of all would be regeneration. Regeneration. Everybody say regeneration. regeneration. And then justification. Everybody say justification. And then sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Okay. It's a little messy, but you get the point. Making sure I spell it right. If I didn't, just love me, okay? All right. Regeneration. Everybody say regeneration. Regeneration. Justification. Justification. Sanctification. Sanctification. Okay, you're going to leave here tonight feeling kind of smart, okay? Regeneration is, that's when you get born again. That's when you, that's conversion. This is an act of God where God regenerates a dead human spirit makes you new, he imparts spiritual life into you. It's the greatest miracle going. He imparts spiritual life into you. Titus 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And it's not isolated to that verse. We have plenty of New Testament on the regeneration. Yeah, I spelled right. Okay. And then justification. Everybody say justification. justification. 
this is a, an instantaneous thing. It's a legal thing, justified justification. It's a legal term. It's an instantaneous thing where God, two things here, he considers your sins. Everybody say my sins. Okay, bookmark right there because that's the problem. Your sins. God considers, he makes a legal declaration, decree, judgment, verdict. He considers that your sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. And the second thing he, he does, he declares you now because of that to be righteous in his sight or to be right with him. Yo, this is incredible. You act like I'm telling you how to make Play-Doh or something. Let's, listen here. God as surgeon, God as surgeon does surgery in you and takes the cancer of sin out and transplants new life into you as a surgeon. And then as a judge, he comes back and reviews the whole thing and says, the sin is gone. The cancer is gone. You're free from that. And you are right. You're in right relationship with God because of what Jesus has done. This is incredible. And that's free to all because of what Jesus has done. In Romans 5.1, it says, therefore, having been justified, there it is, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Incredible. You need that verse, Romans 5.1. Now, sanctification, though. Now, there are, there are some out there who believe, uh, and we're not here to argue. We're just here to show you the truth of God's word. There's some, where this is instantaneous, regeneration is instantaneous, and justification is instantaneous. Sanctification is a, a progression. It's a process. It takes time. Are you all with me? Let me give you another word for sanctification. Grow. That you would grow. Sanctification is a progressive work, and this is what I want to spend a little time on tonight. It's, it's a process. It's a progressive work, work, everybody say work, work, between God and man. And two things happen in this, where you and I are becoming more and more free from sin. And we're becoming more and more like Jesus. That's growth. Now, on the day that I knelt my knees, knelt my knees, I knelt, I knelted, I, I kneeled. I knelted. I don't know what you did, but uh, gave you some other big words. Come on, give me a break. Okay. Uh, when I kneeled by a couch with my pastor and my brother. And he led us in a prayer. And I believed that prayer with my heart. I was regenerated and I was justified. And sanctification began. So at this point, I had new life put into me. The old was gone. I became a new creature in him. You follow me? Do you remember your day? Yes. And if you haven't had that day, we'll help, we'll help you have it today, tonight. And then justification 
in that moment, not because of anything I had done, because I didn't know, but because I accepted the completed work of Jesus, what he'd done on the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus, God's son cleanses us from all sin. God made a declaration on behalf of Tim Gilligan at that point. He decided something as the righteous judge. He said, he has forgiven a sin because of what Jesus did. And he's now right with me. Sanctification had started. This prayer happened on a Saturday morning. Okay. And on... By Tuesday afternoon of the next week, I had accrued two hours of detention at school. (laughs) And a little later, that school year got in some more trouble. Y'all here? Or am I getting too close to your story? Okay. 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 And there's seasons where we lay into this more and then we back off of it to it. And I think it just needs to be this steady up and to the right, uh, like a graph of something really going good here. This is a process. Everybody say it's a process. And and you don't even have to study it out doctrinally, theologically so much to just say, uh, you know, hey, that has to be a process. Has to be a process. Because look at you. Look at me. Look at our life. It's a process. And this is, let's go back to it again. This is a work between God and you. God and you. Where we become, as we work with him, as we cooperate with God. Let me tell you this. The Christian life is a balance of grace and effort. The Christian life is cooperating with God. It's cooperating with God. And as we do that, we're going to become, this is the great part, more and more free from sin and more and more like Jesus Christ. Now, hopefully you're not still dealing with the same stuff you were dealing with five years ago. If you've been a Christian that long, hopefully you're not still dealing with the same stuff. Hopefully you're not dealing with the same stuff you were dealing with a year ago. Hopefully you're not dealing with the same stuff you were dealing with six months ago. Hopefully God's really dealing with you right now. On some things. Okay? Now there's three phases, if you will, of sanctification. And let's just look at these just real quick. And then I want to get into some practical parts of this. It begins at regeneration. And you're born again and something definitely happened. Now how many of you know that all your behavior hadn't changed yet? But when you got born again, when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, something happened on the inside. Something happened on the inside. You, You can tell it. You knew it. You know, I watch it just about every Sunday when we have, when we have people come up front here and I lead them in a prayer. Uh, it is a powerful thing. We should, we should raffle off tickets or something for y'all to get to come stand over here and, and get to see what I get to see and what, what I get to sense. I mean, God kind of shows up with us right there and people pray this, this prayer and they mean it from their heart and God hears it and he does a work of regeneration and he does a work of justification right there. Now, I've had people criticize before and say, well, I saw somebody in the altar and I saw them coming out of such and such's place. First of all, that's none of you. 
Y'all, y'all with me? In the second place, it proves my point. Proves my point. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't from our end justify their actions. But you know what? Sometimes we're still working these things out. We're still working these things out. And so they have to grow. We have to grow. Yes. Yes. To regeneration and justification, but a big yes to sanctification. We've got to be in this process. So it begins at regeneration. It continues and increases. Sanctification continues and increases all during our life. And what is sanctification again? It's us working with God, God working with us, and we become more and more free from sin and more and more like Jesus. Okay? And that's what we're after. That's what he, he's after. And then sanctification, get this is never completed in this life. It's completed in death because then the flesh and the sin that's in the flesh and the presence of the devil and your goofy friends, that's all over. And then sanctification is complete. It's perfected at that point. And and I'm leaving out a bulk of scripture to support all this so we can cover this ground tonight. If you ever meet somebody that tells you they've got it all together in God, they're loaded with pride. They're loaded with pride and they're, and they're self-deceived. I find that the more I grow in him, I realize the more I need to grow in him. I find the more progress that I make in him, the more progress I need to make in him. And it should never be a prideful thing. It should be a humbling thing. That he even gave us the chance and he helps us in the process. Amen. How many of you are in the process? All right. All right. Sanctification then is growth. This is how we grow. We have to cooperate with God. And I mentioned this just a moment ago. This growth is a, it's a, it's a balancing act. This Christian life is a balancing act. And I want you to get this. Between effort and grace. There's effort and grace. Effort on whose part? Our part. Also on God's part. And also grace. And grace is on God's part. Now, grace, and let me just cover this real quick because I want to get into a couple other things. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. So if we turn it into works, that's wrong. Let, let me give you two words that will set you free on why we do, uh, you know, l- let me back up. What would some of the things we should do to grow? Let, let me list these. You tell me if these, if these work. Uh, read the Bible. Yes. Learn the Bible. Yes. Uh, fellowship. Yes. Go to church. Yes. Be a giver. Yes. Serve. Yes. Uh, solitude. Yes. Prayer. Yes. Worship. Okay, but if we reduce all that down, follow me on this. If we reduce all that down and we make that works and we make that the measure of what we do, how many hours I spent reading the Bible and praying, then let me just put it to you this way. Pharisees win every day. The Pharisees would win every day. They beat you every day. It's not about doing those things. Here's two words that have set you free on all those things. So that. I call all the spiritual disciplines the so that. You go to church, so that, what's your so that for? So my neighbors or so somebody or so I can conduct business or, no, no. We go to church so that 
We can grow so that we can be fed. We read the Bible so that it soothes our conscience. No, so that I can feed on the living word of God and I can grow and God would speak to me. I pray so that I give so that it's so that we can ultimately so that we grow so that we grow. So don't be confused then that at times and and I have people from time to time ask me this. I thought we were under grace. We are under grace. But you have to understand that the Christian life, read the New Testament, the the Christian life is a balance of grace and effort. And then we run into the word commands. Everybody say commands. We don't like that word. We we don't like rules, commands, that kind of thing. That's, That's just part of our human nature bucking at that. But the commands, do you remember what we've said about the commands? The commands show us what, what gives life and it shows us what, what takes life away. So if you view the commands of God, why did he say, do this, do this, do this? Because he's saying, if you do this, that's what will give you life. You do this so that it gives you life. And then he says, don't do that and don't do that. Why? Because that takes life away. It's not busy work. It's not works. It's not this religious checklist. If he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why did he tell you that? He said, because if you do that, you're going to give place to the devil. You give him an opportunity. And, and he says, you know, don't let there be outbursts of anger. Well, I'm mad. He said, don't, don't, don't give in to wrath. Don't give place to wrath. Why? Because you're going to lose life. You lose peace. How many of you know if you get really cranked up in, let's say, traffic? How many of you have gotten cranked up in traffic? But now I'm not talking about your car cranked up. I'm talking about you cranked up. All right, I'm waiting on y'all to tell the truth tonight here. Okay. What happens? Or, or let's put it this way. How many of you, Wednesday night crew would never do this. How many of you have ever spoken harshly and quick to maybe your kids or your spouse? It's the same people get cranked up in traffic. <laughs> what, what happens? What happens? Listen, and you need to monitor this and measure this. You lose peace. Yes, sir. You lose joy. Have you ever been feeling okay and zippity doo dah? <laughs> you know, and then you get cut off in traffic or somebody does something to you. And you're like, what? You know, and you get all spooled up. You know what happens? Peace and joy. They went out the window like smoke. And you're like, oh, man. You know, and then how many of you know it's over then? God didn't love you anymore. It's, that was it. It's always going to give it. Right? No. You know, we, we work our way back through this. This is not about perfection, but this is about growth. Now, let me quickly go over a couple things and then we'll, we'll wrap this up tonight. First of all, there's God's part. There's God's part. Let's look in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Look at this carefully. It says, for it is God, for it is God. Everybody say, it's God who works in you. Aren't you glad he works in you? It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Listen to it in the Amplified Bible. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, watch this, energizing and creating in you the power and desire. 
both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God is working in you. He, he's, he is working in you to give you both the desire and the power to do what he wants done. God's at work in you. I said, God's at work within you. He's done this, he's done this, and he's working with you in this. God's at work in you. And you need to know that. And even if you can, man, I've blown it five times this week, whatever that means for you. You said, God's at work in me. Because you know what? When you blow it, you know it. Hey, that rhymes. When you blow it, you know it. And you don't just sit with that. You know to do what? Go back to God. Go back to God and, and get this right. Then in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. And now may the God of irritability. No, now may the God of what? Peace. Who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. Equip you with all you need for doing his will. Say it. I got all I need to do his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, all that is pleasing to him. Jesus is the great shepherd. We've been looking at that. The great shepherd of the sheep by an everlasting covenant signed with his blood. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Notice how God is at work. He's helping us. He's helping us to grow. He's helping us to want to do the right things, to have the power to do the right things, to know the right things, and to know it when we blow it. And then there's God's part, and then there's your part. Everybody say my part. And, and part of your part is passive. Part of your part is to let God do things and know God is, is doing it. I ask God, I get up early every morning, just about every morning. I try to sleep in some mornings and I'm ruined. But... One of the things I do when I meet with the Lord in the morning, how many of you think it's probably a good thing to have a word with your sponsor before you start in the day? Okay. Yeah, and meet with God. How many of you know that God knows the whole day already? How many of you know that he could warn you? He could strengthen you. you go, hey, make sure to take your angry eyes with you, you know, or, or whatever it would be. If, you have, if you're a parent of little ones, you know what I just said. But, uh, uh, but he knows. And then I also ask him, Lord, work in me. Show me. And God won't on one morning show you everything that's wrong with you. Because you know what? You would implode. But he kind of triages you. And if I could just break this down and make this, you know, very human-like. He'll say, Gilligan, you know what we really need to talk about and work on? This area of your life. We really need to. And sometimes it's almost like he's saying, we really need to kind of come back to this again. You're like slipping on this again. And you know what? You need to welcome that. You need to welcome that God would, would show you things and work with you in those ways. So part of it is passive that he shows you. The other part of it is active, that you're striving, that you're, you're putting out effort to obey him and to take steps to grow. I put it this way. You're cooperating with God. You cooperate with God. Here's, here's two verses. And then we'll wrap this. I already think I told you that, but for real. <laughs> Romans eight thirteen says, for if you keep on following it, you will perish. But if through the power, watch this, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you turn from it, from sin and, and evil desires and its evil deeds, you will live. So he will give you the power 
And he will help you to do this. And then again, Philippians 2, and I'm going to add verse 12 to verse 13 here. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Watch this. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Who's going to work out your own salvation? You are. Work out your own salvation. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God is at work, but you've got to work it out. He will help you to do it, but you've, you've got to lay into it and you've got to work. You and I have got to grow and bring out the salvation, the regeneration, the justification, the new life that is in us. You and I are going to have to cooperate with God and he will help us to do it. Now, listen to me. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as the helper. Not the doer. In this court of law this evening, will you please point to the doer? You. And if you will do, if you'll show up and do, guess who will show up and help? He will. He will show up and help you if you'll show up to do. God, I'm going to do better at this today. I'm going to show up. I'm, I know what your word says. I'm going to do my best to follow your word, but I sure need your help. I promise you that he will show up and he will help you. Growth affects your whole person. Listen to this. Growth affects your whole person. And if it affects your whole person, spiritual growth, it affects your whole person, then, then you know what else it affects? Everything you're connected to. As you grow spiritually, look, look at me for this. As you grow spiritually, it affects every part of you. And consequently, it's going to impact relationships, your demeanor, your emotions, uh, how you do your job. Who do you think should be the best workers on planet Earth? Who should be the most honest? Who should be the biggest peacemakers? Who, who should be the most long-suffering? Y- y'all are dwindling on me here. <laughs> God's kids. And we're not doing it in our own strength. He's helping us to do this. Listen to this again. Spiritual growth affects the whole person and consequently affects everything you're connected to. So does lack of spiritual growth. When we're not growing, it's going to affect every part of us and it's going to affect everything we're connected with. When you're not growing spiritually, guess what? It's going to show up in your relationships. It's going to show up in how you talk. It's going to show up in how you handle your money. It's going to show up in how you do your work. It's going to show up in your emotions. It's going to show up in your attitude. It's going to show up all over the place. Am I telling you the truth tonight? All right. If you're going to get better... If things are going to get better, if you're going to do better, it's going to be because you're growing spiritually. Spiritual is always first. Third John 2 says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your, what? Your soul prospers. Look at me. It's always inside out. Inside out. It's roots, then fruit. But you have to get into this process of, of growing. You have to get in that process of growing. Jesus cursed the fig tree because you should have fruit. You know, and, and we need to have, we need to be bearing fruit. There's a process 
of growth that takes place that you and I need to be a part of. Sanctification, you and God working together. Which days of the week should it be you and God working together? No, it's just Sunday only, right? No, it's every day, every day, every day. And here's what we're doing. We're doing what the Bible says to do. And walking with God. And you know what's going to be happening? We're We're becoming more and more free from sin and more and more like Jesus. And that will keep on going until your 50th birthday and then you've got it. No. We'll keep on going until we get there. It's been said you don't arrive till you arrive. Amen. Let's grow. Church, let's grow. Let's grow. Let's grow. You grow. Give yourself to God and do what we talked about tonight. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.